0: You're listening to My Next Podcast with Indian America, and this is Episode 2, Part 1. The My Next Podcast is created to empower you as a young professional to build your career of choice. If you are in need of any advice regarding your professional career and want to gain different perspectives about your job field, then you've come to the right place. Let's step into it.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our second episode of My Next Step podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to a topic that is very near to our hearts because it impacts every single one of us. And that is, how do you approach and how do you manage your relationship with recruitment agencies? What should you expect? What shouldn't you expect? And how do you make sure that you are able to stand out and get the help that you need in a timely manner? So I'm going to open it up first
0: to introduce um, everyone with me online. So, America, how are you today? I am good. I'm super excited to be talking about this. It's actually a common interest that a lot of people have um, and I'm super excited to just dive right in to all our listeners. Uh, if you have any questions in mind, these are probably the same questions that we're going to be asking our guest speaker today. So everyone, I would like you all to meet marie a talent acquisition expert, consultant and founder, a chameleon, an agency dedicated to helping you as a young professional to find your career of choice. She has worked with numerous candidates to partner them with the best companies that meet their goals, person personalities and aspirations so everybody I would like you to meet marie hello how are you
2: I feel great thank you for asking and thank you for it, for giving me this opportunity today to be here with you and talk about you know a subject that is really a passion of mine so yeah I'm pleased to be here
0: and just to give a little more insight about you can you please introduce yourself your name pronouns and maybe a quick bio
2: so my name is marie andre uh, Lévesque You see my name is French, Uh, you can call me Mary, I use the pronoun she. It's been almost you know 15 years that I felt into recruiting, Um, so a little by chance. Uh, Throughout university I used to take some human resources courses that I thought were really bland and not as much human-centric that I thought it was. Uh, And after a long trip in Europe, I came back in Quebec and you know the market at the time, the employment market at the time was not the same as of today. You know there were not as many opportunities for young professional that there is now in 2023. Uh, so a friend of mine referred me to an agency that she was working with. Um, I met the manager, and you know I said why not to try? He was, uh, you know, it was a recruiting agency uh, in industrial support at the time, and I said you know why not to try and and see what it is, and I was hooked. Okay. Um, and the reason why I was, okay, I developed a passion for recruitment by having the chance to meet with, you know, individual that was sharing with me a piece of their life. And I thought I was privileged, you know, to have this kind of story. Um, and this allowed me still today to help them find opportunity that match exactly their career. So this is how I felt into recruiting. And this is why I'm here today.
1: So actually, Marie-Andre, you do touch on a very important point, which is the passion to help others. But you took really a very Big step which is you know developing mm-hmm. your own recruitment agencies so what inspired you to to take that extra step
2: so over the last few years i had the chance to lead various team either in corporate or uh, head on companies that were either local in Canada, we were also international uh, across the world. Uh, and in 2020, I had the opportunity to you know, launch my career. This is something I had in mind since many years, to be quite honest. Uh, but you know, I had young kids, I wasn't too sure if the timing was right, but in 2020, I decided to go without knowing that COVID will be there, to be honest. That was a big challenge for the first few years. Um, but when I launched the Camellion HR, it's because um, I wanted to help as many companies as I could and share my passion, but also of my expertise and knowledge about recruiting. Um, and I knew at that time that I didn't want to work alone. And uh, so now I'm surrounded by a team of like 20 solid and top star recruiters. So, you know, I had this in mind at the beginning that it was not just like a one person or company it was like, I wanted a big team surrounding me. And now, today, you know, the the market changed as well in the recruiting and in terms of the demand of the different employers that we work with. So, we offer different types of service. So, we offer uh, on demand uh, recruiting, which is basically support to help companies doing their activities and uh, activities and recruiting. And they're there today, but we also do uh, headhunting services. Turnkey talent acquisition project. We work with employer branding as well. Uh, so different solution. And our clients, just to give you an idea, are either across Canada. A lot of a lot of, of in Quebec because we're based. We're located in Quebec. Uh, but we have uh, other uh, companies we work with across Canada and some in the in the States as well that we work with that have a head office theater in Canada
1: and have recruiting to do in um uh,
2: in the U.S. and other countries as well.
1: There's this. I have a question. As um, this is something I came to learn later on, in, at stage in my you know professional career when I came to join you know different companies. What is there's talent acquisition partners, for example, and there are recruitment agencies. Mm-hmm. But to make this differentiation, it's not an easy differentiation. You wouldn't know it until you you know you you start working for a couple of years. It depends, of course, on the structure of your company where you work and how big it is. So if you want to describe it and simplify the differences between the two terms, how would you say that to a young professional who are just about to start their career?
2: So a recruiter in a recruitment agency works for an independent firm that is primary focus is to help, you know, other companies. So they're working with many employers, many organizations, and they will charge a fee uh, based on the recruitment they do to the employers at Wakefit. So they basically the recruiter in an agency will act kind of an in an in intermediary between the candidate and the employer and a job seeker. OK, so basically what they do is they understand exactly the recruiting needs from a company and then they do their research. They look for candidates, they speak with candidate, and they do have to make a match between what the candidate is looking for, but also what the company is looking for. Um, so they usually work with many companies, which is super interesting for a young pro- professional because they have access to more than just one employer if we look at a recruiter um in the corporate world so a recruiter that works for a specific company so this person is internal usually to the hr team their human resources resources team um they are employed directly by the organization they're recruiting for and they only work for one organization so you know opportunities will be limited to this this companies wasn't just isn't it interesting though is that they will have the knowledge and the insight of the business of what's coming up you know what's in terms of recruiting needs in terms of hiring in terms of project so it's good to connect to both you know because maybe the internal recruiter will have a bit more information about what's going on in the company but the recruiter from the agency will know many companies so you know if it's not a match for this one it might be a match for another organization
1: that that makes a lot of sense so basically um if you are in a company and you want to grow within that company or move internally in that company then you will definitely go to the your talent acquisition partner or your HR department in that company but if you're looking now to you know take your career to a next level not in terms of moving up the hierarchy but you know just want to try a new organization try a new field, that's where you're going to go to the recruitment agency because they will be able to give you that access to a wide range of organizations, as you just mentioned, right?
2: Exactly. And also, the information they will be able to, you know, like if you're a candidate and you're looking for a job now, but you're not too sure exactly what you're looking for, or you don't know exactly how the market is, speaking with a recruiter from, ad, from an agency or headhunting companies basically will give you a bit more insight, but will also give you a bit more counseling, coaching as well, um, you know, your profile, what kind of company you can match. So I think that's interesting compared to, you know, the, the, the recruiter in a corporation, well, is limited in, in terms of what they can do to support you. Yeah,
1: it's true. And they also always end up having limited, you know, positions in an organization exactly. anyways, right? So Yeah, exactly. Now, I want to ask you a question and um it's um something that you spoke to about and I think I just and this is if it's a naive question, excuse me for that, <laughs> but it just I feel it's, it's a very important question because and maybe it's a, you know, it's either like a the myth or the truth. So you spoke about like the, one of the things that recruitment agency does is that they're working so closely with different organizations and they do take a fee, of course, from the organization once they find for them the right candidate. Some people will have the uh, understanding that you know, and, and maybe will be hesitant to go to a, a recruitment agency because they will be maybe under the false impression that the recruitment agency will take from their own salary, or you know, they will have to pay back the recruitment agency. So, is that are there two models, and or is it one model? Yes. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, like I, that's a question that we get a lot from candidates because they're worried. I never seem to be quite honest, but maybe it happened before, you know, in a, a time that was not in recruiting. But I never um, known about a company that took a fee based on the salary of the employee. So basically, we're charging the employer, but we're never gonna charge the employee. So let's say if someone is doing like a 80 grand. You know, a year. I'm not gonna take 20% of his 80 grand, put it in my pocket, and he will be left out with I don't know what's the math, but maybe 75,000, uh, 65,000 dollars. So no, we're not charging the candidate for this work. However, if someone is looking for you know specific counseling, specific coaching, they want us to write their resumes you know, they want to get super uh personalized or customized services, then they might, might come, some companies may charge fee for that. But you know, this is a choice the individual will make. So you know, I never heard a company taking advantage of the salary of an employee.
1: To be honest, that's excellent to know because again, you know, like you know, like the program MythBuster. You know, there are some <laughs> myths, and you want to know the truth about it. But that's very good to know, and I think it makes a lot of sense and it's logical. If you want to have some customized services, you know, tailored to your specific needs, whether it is coaching, whether it is helping you write a new resume, that you're expected you're expected to pay for those services, just like Mm. any other service that you, you know, you reach to, whether it is for your professional career or for anything else. Um, So I'm going to hand it over now to Mirka, because I know that she's super eager to ask you a a lot of questions on her list, and I can see that.
0: Uh, So um, thank you so much, and Mirka, here you go. Awesome, thank you, NG. So as you know, and I've mentioned it before, like these past few weeks, we've asked young professionals if they ever had a chance to speak to a talent acquisition expert slash recruiter, what questions would they have basically? And let me tell you, they did not disappoint. We have a list of questions for you, so fair warning. Um, one of the first common questions uh, we do have is what do recruiters look for in a resume or a LinkedIn profile, for instance, and how do you stand out against other applicants?
2: So, a recruiter, either if they are in Agencies or corporate role. Basically, what they will do is to look for specific information and qualities in a resume and a LinkedIn profile to determine if the candidate is a potential fit for the job they're looking to fill. Um, Usually, what we recommend to the candidate is is that they have, you know, a similar resume and a similar LinkedIn profile. So it should it should not be completely different. It should look alike. For sure, with LinkedIn, you're able to show a bit more about your personality because you're able to put a you know uh, your profile uh, profile picture picture in the background some taglines uh, taglines as well you know some more information that may be uh you know representing where you are in the uh, about you you know in the LinkedIn profile um but uh you know both at least should have a similar experience listed out on either the resume or the LinkedIn profile. Um, as a recruiter, when we recruit for a young professional, we understand that this person may not have all the requirements we're looking for, okay? Sometimes, you know, we get, a, you know, a list of requirements from the hiring manager. We try to sort out which one are the most important and we we, we put those on, on the job posting, but we understand that it's not maybe not the same. So basically what we're trying to do is assess the information in the resume, our LinkedIn profile to make sure what's it's relevant for the job we're looking for, but also to assess the potential of the candidate, their eagerness to learn, you know, like how much this person is engaged and is motivation level as well. And also how this person wants to contribute to the workplace. So if I could highlight a few things about what we like to see in a resume, uh, you know, and what I would suggest to put in a resume basically for a candidate is that look always at the requirement on the job posting and highlight anything that, you know, relies to you. So it could be, um, you know, a, a coursework, a project you've done at school that could fit exactly or, you know, have similar similarities in the job posting uh, or related uh, and be fully transparent about the education, you know. Thank people that put like, I do own a bachelor degree, but missing one course, so you don't have your bachelor degree. You could put bachelor degree ongoing, but just let them know it's not finished. Um, so we, you know, never rely on a certificate on a bachelor because this is a no-go, mm-hmm. you know, like the recruiter will be happy yeah. about that. Mm-hmm um showcase any internship co-ops program part-time jobs that you've held Uh, if even if they're not directly related to the job this experience can demonstrate uh you know uh, transferable skills but also uh, your uh work ethic as well uh any extracurricular activities you know we see some students that have been involved in sport team you know they've won championship they've done hockey whatever baseball basketball you know, so this show like team spirit, you know, uh, resilience, perf- goal oriented. So all of those kind of stuff, it's interesting. Volunteer work. We see a lot of students that are doing volunteer, which is good to show, you know. Um, it could be also uh, any other events that you organize in your school. Uh, any technical and soft skills that are applicable to the job. Give, can I give you an example? So our developer, yeah, A young professional that wants to apply to a Java developer position. Uh, they don't have, you know, a specific experience because they never work in a corporation as a developer, but they've done internship or they took a course, uh, you know, regarding the language of uh, Java at school. So make sure all of this information show up on the resume. Any other personal project, personal achievement that you've made, it's interesting for us to see. Uh, any relevant certification of training that could be interesting. Um, on the LinkedIn profile, if you could have recommendation, that's always good to know, you know, people that refer you. That's great. Uh, list also the career objective that you may have that are linked with the position that you apply. Because sometimes we see I want to be a financial analyst, but this person applies for a marketing position. So it has to fit, you know. So you have to make yeah. sure that you read your resume. That makes sense when you apply. And if you're not good with grammar, please ask someone to review, you know, the uh, French, English, whatever, you know, language that you may use uh, in uh in your resume so those are a few things that we're going to look so your resume needs to be professional you're well organized it has to make sense so that's something that we're going to have we're going to be careful about when we assess the resume
0: that's good to know it's very interesting and so i myself i'm very much into like the marketing digital marketing um, the graphic design and sometimes i see people have the creative type of Mm -hmm. resume and a standard type of resume do you believe one gets more views or one gets more uh, attention than the other?
2: Ah, oh, that's a good question. We have some as well that will send us something more, you know, graphic. You know, it's it's good to see what the people does in the graphic resumes because, you know, we see the personality, we see what kind of person it is, especially if the position is creative. It's good to have those kind of resumes. However, you know, if someone is not comfortable, doesn't know how to use Canva or any other software, you know, yeah. don't make a big deal of it. You know, a standard resume will also work. But for sure, for creative position, it's good to uh, it's good to see that. And the thing is, like, we know that the young professionals are really, you know, techno savvy. They're way better than we are, but so yeah. it's good to see what they're capable of because, you know, we can have other project internally that we can give to them because we're not as good as you are, guys, definitely.
0: Yeah, that's good to know. Um, And would you say the one standard one page is good to have or would recruiters mind like two pages or more?
2: I don't think we mind two pages. I know there is a big thing about one pager. Yeah. Every student asks us that, you know, even if we do conferences in school, they ask, well, do we need to have only one page? And sometimes it's, it's you know, it's, it's small. One page, it's really small to show everything that we've yeah. done and give it more information. And sometimes people, you know, stick it to one page, but miss out important information that should mm-hmm. be on the resume. So you know what, two pages, one page and a half, it's not a big deal. There is, I never heard a, re, a, a recruiter saying, oh, I declined the candidate because they did have two pages, you know. At the same time, more than two, as a young professional, we have to question ourselves to say, hey, it has to be concise, it has to be precise as well. So maybe we put too much information, but yeah, don't, you know, it doesn't have to be a headache because there's more than one pages.
0: No, that's definitely good to know, because I know all my life, people have been telling you should keep it to one page only, but I'm like, I have so much experience that I want to share, but that's why I also transfer them to my LinkedIn profile most of the time, so that can read all my experiences that I have, but another question I do have is, do you believe that when people reach out personally to you, it adds more value to their application? Like, for instance, um, not just going through the application process itself, but also personally reaching out to the hiring managers and saying, hi, I'm interested in this position and I would love for like an interview or something. Here's my resume. Hmm.
2: As a recruiter and even as, as being, uh, you know, I, I also hired for my own team in the past as well. Um, I always been open to someone reaching out to me uh, because it shows initiative. It shows courage like, okay, because, you know. You expose yourself basically to the person saying yes, saying no. So it needs, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, courage to do it. And it opens the dialogue as well. OK, so for some process, yes, it can set up the person apart from other candidates.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: also, by, you know, to be it, uh, to be fair for all of the other candidates, we'll look at the other resumes as well. I think it's important to those that apply as well, you know, to at least have a chance. Um, but, I, you know, there is no reason why someone will not reach out. And also yeah. for me, it also gave, uh, gave me an opportunity to explain what is the process that we have in place for this position, you know, because we work with unionized corporations as well that have a super strict process that needs to be followed. Uh, and we cannot, you know, um, you know, take different steps. So it has to be followed that way just because it's unionized and that's the way it is. Yes. So at least to let the person know, I've seen with me. this is gonna be the next step. This is where we are at, you know, in the process, yes. you know, at least to give them information to know what's going on. But, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You know, if you reach out yes. to someone, the person will say, no, what else? You know, it's not the, it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. I will just recommend that to be persist- too much persistent. You know, we have some people that send us an email today. Then it's going to be another email tomorrow afternoon. And then the next morning, say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, just, you know, do a follow-up. Maybe reach out a few more times. But, you know, with a space of time between those two approach, definitely.
0: Definitely agree. Yeah. Good to know. And I'm going to pass it over to Angie because I know she does have a, more questions for you today.
1: So uh, thank you so much, Merk, and thank you so much, Mary Andre, for the uh, you know the insightful information that you're providing us. This this is like you know gold information that you don't get usually, and no one you know tells you about. And uh, we have other questions that we were asked, but before we go into that, I have one key question because you did refer to, which is, what's the worst that can happen if you get you know you know someone does not answer you back? How can a young professional handle rejection? You know, we apply and we don't like to be rejected in our life in different things. And rejection is hard. So Mm -hmm. what would your advice be for a young professional when you apply for a job and you get rejected?
2: I would say never take it personal. Okay, so the recruiter or the hiring manager that is looking for someone, you know, may have receive a ton of resumes, they have to make a choice, you know, based, based on the you know, a certain shortlist or a certain process they have to, to follow. So never take it personal if you've been rejected, but seek for feedback. You know, if you could get some feedback and say, hey, thank you, because, you know, if you get an email saying, hey, you have not been selected for this position or this process, you could say, hey, thank you so much. You know, um, I was interested. I'm sorry it didn't work. Hopefully, maybe in the future, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to have the chance to go in another another recruiting process and seek this kind of feedback and ask them, what can I do better next time? You know, depending of where you are in the process, you know, sometimes we are rejected at the beginning where we send the resumes and we, we receive an email. You can send, you know, why I've been rejected. And if they have been in an interview, ask the question, what can I do better next time? Because it's a learning process. You know? even myself, when I used to in the past, you know, doing some interviews, because I changed job many times, if you see my LinkedIn profile, it's always stressful. You know, it's not something we're all comfortable about, because we have the feeling we're being judged, and the assessing who we are as a person. Um, so, it's hard to, you know, just step up of that. So, maybe ask feedback. say, hey, I'm learning, it was my first interviews, can you give me a feedback, what can I do better? Some people will give you feedback, some people will not have feedback, because they add to Made a decision and it was a tough decision because sometimes when we have good candidates to be honest as a recruiter it's a tough decision you know it's not easy even for us to sit to someone you have not been selected we have no fun doing that okay so seek this feedback learn if you're not able to get feedback you know do a kind of an introspection to know okay how, you know how was the interview what you know what what do i think that went well what kind of answer did i answer well which kind of which kind of question you know i was unable to answer well so do this kind of introspection and take feedback and be open to this, uh, to this constructive uh, information that you're going to get.
1: Since we're talking about, you know, um, basically controlling your ego kind of thing. Yes. And yes. we all have our egos. I'm going to go into another question, which is salary. Mm-hmm. How do you know your worth and how to be also realistic when you are talking about your salary, negotiating your salary? Is it okay to have a, an unpaid internship? Does this mean that you are less qualified? What would you say about those hot topics, basically, when it comes to okay. knowing your worth? Okay, so I'll
2: start with the internship, uh, and then I'll go to negotiating salary. For me, when I work in the corporate world, and we were looking for interns, I never recommend a company to offer unpaid, you know, internship. Okay, so for me, I'm a big, I'm in big favor of paid internship unless the unpaid is for something that will bring you, as a young professional, a lot of value. OK, I think that especially with the markets right now, you know, there is the companies are looking for a ton of, of, of employees. OK, so why will they not pay you? So that will be the question I will ask them. Why is not paid? Is there any reason for that? Um, but for me, you know, I, I, I don't recommend employers to not pay for their insurance. Unless it's really short, you know, I'm talking about bachelor degrees. There are internships for, um, you know, professional uh, diploma where it's a two or three weeks internship. And then you can offer a position that may be different a bit. Uh, But even even though this person will contribute to the workplace, will come up with new ideas, will, you know, will bring value to the team. So I don't see why they should not be paid, to be honest. Okay. Uh, for the negotiation of the salary, it's always intimidating. It's always, you know, stressful. Okay. Um, and 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 it's difficult sometimes, but it's part of the game as well. It doesn't mean that we should always negotiate. Okay, so during the recruiting process, usually uh, different steps during the process, the recruiter or the hiring manager will ask you, "What are your salary expectation?" So this conversation should happen many times because we want to make sure that you know you're for any reason the salary expectation that you have may not change. Okay, because a young pro- professional, we expect that they might go in different and many interviews. So, so there's not only one, probably with a few interviews with different employees. Uh, so depending of what they see are the responsibilities of the position and what they're going to learn through the process, the salary expectation may change as well. And we know about that. So be super transparent, be honest uh, about what you're expecting and consider the recruiting recruiter as being someone to help you out about that. Okay, the recruiter will be able to tell you, well, this fits in our range, this doesn't fit in our range, and we'll be able to give you a bit more information about that. They might not be fully transparent about, you know, their salary grid, of course, uh, because uh, most companies on that, they are yet to, to be fully transparent, but at least, you know, they're going to give you some insight. Also, do your research. You can go on Glassdoor, you can go on PayScale, you can go on LinkedIn. Indie sometimes provide this kind of information to have an understanding of you know for the specific position you apply for what will be the salary range that will be offered on the market. Consider your value. You know what you bring on the table. Okay, what kind of skill set that you bring, but also consider the value of the opportunity that you are looking for as well. Okay. I remember when I started way back, you know, because I'm, I'm older than you guys. Uh, but, you know, I remember I was offering two positions and one was the pay rate was super good and the other one was not that great. But the opportunity to learn in the one that has the lower salary were, you know, tremendous. It was like just a great opportunity for me to learn and get exposed and, you know, get opportunities in terms of project compared to the other one. So, you know, you have to balance those two. We have to see which opportunities will bring you where you want in your career. So you're young, you know, so sometimes we will go and have a higher salary, but maybe the one that will bring a a bit less will bring you further in a year or two. So you have to consider what kind of opportunity and what is the return on investment as well, because you're investing in you, companies investing in you, you are investing in yourself and you're contributing to workplace. So you have to take that into uh, consideration. Never, maybe an advice also, never rush uh, the salary discussion in the beginning of the process. Give you a chance to learn what kind of company, what is the culture, who is the hiring manager, what is the job, the the, the role and responsibilities, uh, what will be the project that I will be involved with. You know, make sure that you gather all of this information uh, because you also, you know, want to invest in your career. Make sure that it's not just a pay, pay rate that you're looking for, but some place where you're going to grow within the company as well and consider the total compensation because salary is one thing, but flexibility is something else, you know, being working remote, on site, hybrid, vacation, uh, you know, training program that they're going to offer you and pay you uh, this uh, or tuition fee reimbursement as well. That's something that they offer. So, you know, all of this is also, you know, part of the compensation as well. Um, And remember, it's a two-way street, uh, so it's not only uh, me that I win, you know, it has to be win-win with the company that I work for, and be confident, not too much, always stay professional,
1: okay? Uh, That's actually, this is actually excellent because, and actually it aligns with something we've been talking about for the past week, which is, what are What do you look for in the culture of an organization beside your salary? What does, you know, wellness programs should look like? You know, flexible hours, as you said, you know, uh, professional development. These are very valuable things that, you know, shows the company cares about you. And they're, they will bring you so much engagement that can not be matched only by salary. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's actually excellent to know. Which will make me then ask you one more question, because I know that America wants to take it to a very positive note now, which is when you get the interview, what to do. But I want to ask a pressing um, question since we're talking about salaries, which is, and I think you alluded to, which is, should I talk about a salary in the interview at all or I shouldn't? Should I mention it or not? Because some people get super scared to ask, you know, what is the expected salary? Is it the right place or not?
2: But yes, it's the right place, definitely, depending who you speak with at the beginning. But I think it has to be part of, you know, the the discussion, because everybody has, you know, also their personal limitation in terms of financial aspect. You know, we all have, you know, a house or a rent to pay. We have transportation, food to pay and stuff like that. So I think it's important for you guys to know exactly what are the salary expectation They are the salary, not the salary expectation, but the salary they are offering um, because it's important. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, you're going to get paid for something where you can get um, this discussion is like usually how it works is that you're going to get a first interview either by phone or either by, you know, video. Um, And, you know, someone will talk to you about the job, will talk to you about the company, and then will ask you a bunch of questions about yourself. Usually this first conversation at the end, this is where we can ask about it. You know, we could ask a bunch of questions. You know, we ask the candidate to prepare themselves in terms of having questions about, you know, the job, the company, the culture, vision, the values, anything. And this, if the recruiter has not been answering to that, you could ask, could I have an idea of what is the range, what is the salary rate or what is the the salary range that you're offering, or the other benefits that you're offering? Yes, you can ask about it. Don't be shy. Because if not, you might be disappointed. You get involved in a process, you're all excited about that. And for any reason, they come up with a salary that will not make you, you're not going to be able to pay your rent and your car and stuff like that. And this is really disappointing for you. But it's also disappointing for the recruiter that's been engaged with you as well. Because we build relationships with people, you know. So, so yeah, don't be shy. There's a way of asking it uh, in a professional manner as well
0: and that's all for this month's episode. Thank you so much for listening in for part 1 in the eyes of the recruiter. In our next episode, we dive into talking about what we finally can do when we have the interview. The dos and don'ts and any tips that will help you land that position. Don't forget to give a like to this episode, subscribe to keep updated with our latest events, news by following us on social media at my next step. And leave a comment below to leave your thoughts and recommend to friends and family. Thanks for listening. Till next time.